0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to Authentically Imperfect, where we talk about the fact that you don't have to have it all together to fulfill your calling and your purpose. My name is Natasha, and I'm your host for this podcast. Welcome one, welcome all. Excited to have you all journey with me. We are in season one, episode four, and today we're going to explore the topic of faith. And I'm really going to relate it to my experience of learning how to come into receiving the gift of faith, the impartation of faith, and how I've had to allow faith to come in to combat those perfectionist tendencies that I've defaulted to in previous seasons of my life. So my hope, my desire, my prayer is that someone who is, battling or becoming a recovering perfectionist has the realization that faith really is a gift Um, the impartation of it is a blessing and when you learn how to lean on it it really can help you grow mature expand just greatly so let's go on ahead and jump in now you all know i love a good definition (laughs) i'm a i'm a brainiac of sorts, I guess you could say. I'm a nerd. I'm a dork, right? Um, A cute dork, but I'm a dork. (laughs) So I love a good definition. And I really feel it's important to kind of put some definition into some language for the words that I've been talking about throughout this podcast, because it's going to lay and it has laid a framework and a foundation from which these discussions have kind of been rooted um and and gone forward in so the definition of faith according to merriam webster is it's a noun of course but it's complete trust or confidence in someone or something let me read that again faith complete trust or confidence in someone or something now if you're like me you probably started racking your brain. It was like, okay, what are all of the things that I put my trust in that I shouldn't have necessarily put my trust in, right? That's one side of how my mind went with this. And then the other side was, how has my faith grown and expanded in this last season of my life where now I've learned and I've matured into new levels of faith, into new levels of expectation, into new levels of trust, new levels of confidence, right? So let's jump right on it. One thing that I noticed as a recovering perfectionist is that when we operate in this dynamic where we feel we have to have it all together. And that's really what perfectionism is. It's a mode of self-defense. It makes you feel like you can't be vulnerable, you can't show your ugly side, you can't make mistakes. It's a lie from the pit of hell, of course, because our nature is human, our default is human. But oftentimes, when we've been in environments where we've suffered, and we've been in extremely traumatic experiences, our brains and our bodies can go into this default where they want to protect us, right? Like our brain, our mind is constantly in a mode of like, I want to protect you. And so it can create this narrative that can be really sneaky and really pervasive and perfectionism can be very sneaky and very pervasive but one thing that i noticed is that faith and perfection don't usually and can't usually coexist very well one dominates the other because if faith according to this merriam-webster definition is complete trust or confidence in someone or something then perfection says, and is often rooted and breeded in anxiety, it says, I'm anxious in a state of anxiousness, in a state of self-protection, in a state of over or hyper awareness that says, I can't make a mistake. How can I put my trust in this thing? And it oftentimes makes us question our safety Yeah, perfection can oftentimes make us feel unsafe. And when we are operating in these tendencies, we're oftentimes moving in a place of not feeling safe. But faith says there's complete trust and confidence in someone or something. So the two can't coexist. So where does that also leave us? It leaves us in the fact that we wanna control. Perfectionists tend to be control freaks. Y'all remember that whole type A, type B personality thing that would go on? And I think about now how toxic that was because I used to be like, oh, I'm a type A. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And guess what? Your girl worked herself into a whole panic attack several panic attacks, several, okay, don't do it to yourself, (laughs) but then we also hear don't do it, and that's not very helpful, so I'm also going to give you some practical, so that you can begin to recognize those perfectionistic tendencies, and then allow the impartation of faith to come and hit you so that you can receive and be rooted in that complete and total trust and confidence in this case I'm going to say in God and even being able to place faith in yourself to know that you're safe and that yes you can do you can be you can be remember We're in a state of being authentically imperfect, which means that we embrace the fact that we can be. We don't have to do. Sometimes we just need a season. I feel someone needs to hear this, but sometimes we just need a season where we're not doing anything. We just need to be. That has been the last several years of my life. God literally had to pluck me out of the perfection, the performing, and put me in a state of rest and recovery so that I can be, and so that he could uproot everything he needed to. And he's still uprooting, it's a work in progress. It's always a work in progress. There's healing and deliverance, they can co they coexist for sure but they are a work in progress and they will come into your lives at different times. And that's okay. It's a process. It's a journey, right? We're not going to be 100% healed in one go. I also feel like someone needs to hear that. Sometimes God just wants to journey us through life. And as we're at specific points in our journey and things begin to come up, then he's like, okay, now it's time for you to go into another round of healing and deliverance. So be rested in that, beloveds. But harboring control, this idea, not to even just this idea, but this reality that many of us want to control the things around us, the external things around us. Because we don't feel safe. But this can also leave little room for our faith to grow. Because once again, if faith is saying that it's complete and total trust and confidence in something or someone, and we're over here trying to control the narrative, how in the world are we going to be able to receive the impartation of faith and to allow that thing to grow, it's gonna be suffocated, beloved. (laughs) And learning how to come out of agreement and allowing yourself to feel safe takes time, which is why I am highly an advocate for therapy. If you've been traumatized, get you some trauma-based therapy it's okay. There's no judgment. I feel like someone needs to hear that too. It doesn't matter. Even if you're the first one in your family, me, to really step into and to go into therapy, even at the risk of being ridiculed, do it. Because your journey is for you. Your healing journey is for you and you deserve and owe it to yourself to become the best version of who you're supposed to be. So learning how to release control, sometimes we need the practical, we need to do the steps to learn how to do that. Trust me, I'm walking through it, which is why I can talk about it. I'm walking through it. Therapy is teaching me how to unwind and and allow God to unbraid those seeds of not feeling safe, which caused me to want to control everything. And at times, people. Because I had this fear of the unknown. But then when you do work and you mature And you have those toxic seeds pulled out of you and righteous seeds placed in you and rooted in you. You realize you don't have control over anything or anyone. And you can't make anything or anyone come into agreement with what you're doing if it's not supposed to. And period. You just... You can't control the narrative all the time. You can't control the person. People are people, people make their own decisions. And so when you learn to be more confident and, and rooted in trust and trusting God, you learn to be seated in the fact that you you don't have control, Especially when you give him a yes. kidding me? But there's a beauty to it too because you learn how to release an unnecessary weight. And that's one of the things that I'm grateful for is that in the process of learning how to release control, the weight has been lifted in a lot of ways. You are not the Incredible Hawk or Hulk, I'm sorry, not Hawk. (laughs) You are not the Incredible Hulk, ma'am or sir. Ma'am or sir, okay? You are not the Incredible Hulk. So give yourself the space to go learn and it's okay that you need to learn. Many of us weren't taught this. So we have to unlearn to relearn. So it's okay. Give yourself the permission to go learn in therapy. And even if you don't do individual, try a group, try a support group. But beloved, I feel you owe yourself that process so that your faith can grow. And I also feel that faith requires us to surrender. (laughs) Remember that first podcast episode? Surrender. Mm, that's a hard one. Because it means that we have to acknowledge the fact that we don't need to know everything. And we're not supposed to. Faith means that I trust in the Creator of the heavens and the earth, the God of the universe, whose name is Jesus, in case you forgot. He alone has the capacity to know everything that I need and to create the means and the resources that I need to deliver them to me and to ensure that I'm where I need to be, I'm who I need to be, and I'm walking in the assignment he's given me. So don't have faith in the thing. Because oftentimes I feel like we have faith in the prophetic word. We have faith in the whatever. Have faith in the God of the thing. (laughs) Let's reset some expectations here. And don't misquote me. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to like have hope that a prophetic word will come to pass but have faith in the God whose name is Jesus, once again, amen, who revealed that word to the prophet or the prophetess, who delivered that word to you. And prayerfully, it was from the mouth of God, amen. That's a whole other topic we're not gonna get into. (laughs) But have faith in the God of the thing because he's sovereign and he will increase your faith. It is not bad to have faith for a car, a house, a new job. But one thing I'm learning in this season is to have faith that all things are going to work together for the good of those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And I have a qualm. If you're going to quote that scripture, use the whole context of the scripture not just the pick and choose. Once again, I'm not getting in that. (laughs) But I'm learning how to have faith in the fact that all things are going to work together according to the purpose and will of God that is on my life. I'm learning to have faith that in this healing journey where so much is being revealed, dealt with, and restored in my life, that God is walking me through this process and I'm safe. I'm learning to have faith in the fact that material blessings are great, but his heart is where I wanna be. His hand is great. Favor is great, but I want his heart. i want a sound mind i want to have faith for a sound mind a peaceful mind i want to have faith that god will deliver me completely from perfectionist tendencies from anxiety from depression and he has delivered me right and he will keep me out, that's another thing. But I'm learning to have faith in the in the things that aren't what we normally would associate with faith. And it's challenging me to have a different perspective, especially when I go and sit before him Yes, God, you can give me the house and the car, the shoes, the whatever. And I'm not one. I I have prayed for a handbag and the Lord has made it happen. Okay. I'm not one to say that I haven't done that. I have. (laughs) But my priority is not that. My priority is, God, I want to have the faith that i will completely be rooted and seated in sonship and what it means to be a son because it's real out here life is real i have seen people that i know and love die take their own lives because they couldn't get free or didn't know how to get free from perfection. Oh, what for grace. It's humbling. That's part of why I'm doing this podcast. You can be freed from it you can learn to live an authentically and perfect life. I have a living epistle, a walking testimony. I am a story about this very thing, which is why there's a passion for it. Okay. I also wanna talk about this idea of faith and disappointment. And I'm gonna drink my water for a quick second. So this idea, faith and disappointment, faith and doubt. I don't want to say that they can't necessarily coexist. <laughs> and I know it's, it's an interesting perspective. Because I'm a proponent that no, they shouldn't have permanent coexisting relationship because one will always battle the other, right? They coexist, but in a very unhealthy way. One is always gonna battle the other. Faith is always going to battle disappointment. Faith is always going to battle doubt. So they can coexist, but not in a healthy way. But you have to surrender to faith in order to expel the other one. And in moments and seasons of my life, one of the biggest things God revealed to me was that I was picking up, particularly in the realm of relationships, not just romantic, right, but friendships as well. I had a tendency to pick up friendships and relationships that were rooted in disappointment that I didn't even know was undealt with. And so I was attaching, and I'm being fully honest and transparent, I was attaching prophetic words and promises to situations that God did not say was the Isaac. Hmm. I was not looking at the fact that I was attaching things to, I know Isaac was a twin, I can't, I believe he was, no, Jacob and Esau were twins. I can't remember Isaac's brother's name. it might come to me. But I was attaching things to the imposter. I don't wanna say the imposter. I was attaching things to what I thought was the promise. Okay, so imposter, let's call it imposter. I was attaching things to the imposter, promises that God had made to me and then because those prophetic words had fell to the ground in the context of those relationships. Not that the prophetic word wasn't true. I had just inserted it into the wrong context because that's the thing. The word can still hold, though it, Terry, wait for it, it can still hold its truth and its value. And it can come at an appointed time. However, It has to be in the context God set forth, for it to be established and rooted in. And I was like, (laughs) when he revealed that to me, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) I'm undone. What? I had to realize that just because it didn't come to pass and the word might have dropped in that context, that God is still God and the word still has its weight, but disappointment had rendered me to a place of faithlessness where it really took God yanking some stuff and really pulling the sheet off of my things <laughs> abruptly for me to be like, oh my goodness, this was disappointment this whole time? Yes, daughter. Now let me deal with it. And you, okay, I'ma I'm a surrender and allow you to deal with this disappointment that I had been feeling. And as he's been dealing with disappointment and as he's dealt with the disappointments, faith has been increased. Because remember how I said, when you choose faith, it has to expel the other thing out. You could go vice versa, but I really don't recommend it. But if you choose faith, it has to expel out doubt and it has to expel out disappointment. So it really began to expel the disappointment and the doubt that I had felt. And so now, in a lot of the context, I'm rested in gratitude. 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 Because when you learn to come into resolve, in full resolve about certain things, you can look back at situations and say, I'm thankful, I'm grateful for walking through that because I had to. It doesn't feel good when you're walking through it, but when you realize that you get to the other side and you see my faith has been increased, my stamina has been increased, I now can trust you more, God, with my life, the process was worth it. It is worth it. It's always worth it. It doesn't feel like it, y'all, but it's always worth it in the end. So keep going. Keep walking out your journey to finding faith. Keep walking out your journey to allowing God to increase your faith. Keep walking it out. Y'all know my song, walk it out. Hey, walk it out. Hey, (laughs) walk it out. For real, You, you will soon or one day come to understand why you went through what you went through. Cause nothing is in vain. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a living testimony of that. Nothing is in vain. Even when we think we've made a mistake and we work ourselves into situations, it's never in vain. It's not. So be rooted and rested in that. It's not in vain. Keep walking. Keep choosing your faith. Keep choosing to allow God to increase your faith. Keep surrendering to the process and the crushing and the pressing. It hurts like hell, okay? Like Hades, Jesus, it hurts. But in the end, you will feel so, so renewed, so restored. So transformed, it's worth it. So I have some questions for you all as we get ready to depart. (laughs) And I want you to think about this in your reflection time, in your just moments where you gotta pause in your work day, you know, you need to get your mind off of something. Just take a moment to think about how are you challenging your faith, and then for those of us who are recovering perfectionists, when you begin to condemn yourself for not having quote unquote enough faith, and be reminded, all it takes is a mustard seed. That's it. What are some things you can remind yourself of in order to receive the impartation of grace? So I want you to think about those. I'm going to repeat those again. One, how are you challenging your faith? And two, when you begin to condemn yourself for not having faith, what are some things you can do to remind yourself that? You deserve to receive the impartation of grace. His grace. Oh, what for grace? So beloveds, be rested in the fact that it takes a mustard seed. And it is possible to walk through a process where your faith is increased and the voice, that twisted little annoying voice in your head that makes you feel and operate in perfectionism. It's possible that voice gets lower and lower and lower and silenced. It's possible to experience it. And my hope and desire and prayer for you is that you experience that level of freedom because it's worth it, right? So, until next time, I'm rooting for you and continue to contend for the greatness that is inside of you. Peace.